Well, you glad to be in the house of God today? Well, that was Peter, James, and John. Anybody else glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Come on, while everybody else is trying to figure out Delta, aren't you grateful we got Alpha and Omega locked it in? I thank him that Alpha and Omega's got Delta surrounded. Hallelujah. That is a church preach if I ever heard it right there. Man, what a joy for you to be in the house of God with me today. Glad to see you in the house of the Lord during this vacation season. During this season where they're telling us to be afraid. I'm so glad that there is a remnant of people that said, Of whom shall I fear? And of what shall I be afraid? That's got a praise on the inside of them that says, Even though he slayed me, yet will I praise him. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah, the eagle-eyed prophet, Isaiah. Some 400 years before Christ had ever been born, the eagle-eyed prophet was able to see. Isaiah chapter 43 is where we're going to really end up today. I'm preaching to you a series. Last Sunday, we preached on um, something that we don't really want to talk about in church anymore, and it's called sin. But you know, without dealing with sin you know God can't deal with sin and so I'm grateful that he doesn't leave us where he finds us but like a good surgeon he exposes the areas of our life that have to be removed and he covers it aren't you grateful today we're in the series entitled blotted and I'm gonna deal with the word today I'm gonna to deal with the term today that um, I don't know that I have ever heard preached um, in in any other arena. I, I don't know of a sermon. I can't remember a sermon. I can't remember anything I would ever watch or listen to on podcasts that would deal with this word. But I think it's so important and I think it's a word that we really need to contend with in order that we might understand what it means to be redeemed. And, and that word today, and it's the title of my message, is called iniquity. I took the time this morning to capitalize the first two word, letters of the word iniquity because it is the in in iniquity that there is an iniquity there's a there's an iniquity that is not just on the surface it's not just in my actions but there is a there is a transgression there is a sin that dwells on the inside of me that lives on the inside of me called iniquity iniquity for every one of you that are listening to me whether you're in this room you're watching on live stream you're part of the radio broadcast in the different states or you know, thank God for Thailand and North Korea and South Korea that are apart today. I'm thankful for that. But this is a word I think we need to understand. And I think it's so misunderstood in the church because no one ever really, really addresses it. How is it? That I can come to an altar, I can give my heart to Jesus Christ, I can be saved and still struggle the way I do. What is it? How is it? That I have to give up, get up every day of my life and be crucified with Christ so that that sin does not rule my life. Why is it that it wasn't drowned in my water baptism? Why is it that it wasn't burned up in the fire of the Holy Spirit? Why is it that if I really, really, really wanted to, I could go right back? Why is it that Paul said that there was a sin that so easily besets me that even if I'm delivered, I know exactly where it is? That even if I walk in freedom, I can go right back to that open prison door. It's called iniquity. 
It's called iniquity. This inward thing, hear me today, that you, you were born with. You, you were born with this iniquity. Not, not only did your mother and father pass down your genetics, but they also passed down this thing called iniquity. And listen, it didn't start with them. It started back with Adam and Eve. And from generation to generation to generation, we have been cursed with this thing called sin, not just in our actions, but also the inner dwellings of our inner man. And that term is called iniquity. Iniquity. From generational curses that have been passed down to you to the cultural curses of our day. What we're seeing manifested overly, over and over again is an outward manifestation but has been rooted continually with this inner sinful nature called iniquity. Why do I still struggle? Iniquity. Why do I still know exactly how to run back? Listen, there are people that are not in the light. They dwell in darkness. They, they, they say things that they don't understand because they don't live in the light as you and I are children of the light. So they say things like when you go to an Alcoholics Anonymous, they, they say, once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. So, so they'll give you a 30-day coin, and then they'll give you a year coin, and they'll give you a five-year coin. They'll give you a 15, and you're to carry that around every day of your life knowing that somewhere, some way, if you don't stay locked in, that you have the propensity to go right back into that because you're once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. You're once a drug addict, you're always a drug addict. And once, once dealing in sexual perversion, you're always going to be, be dealing with that sexual perversion. And they say continually, because they're people of darkness, that once you deal with that, you're always going to be this way, genetically or, or systematically or whatever area it's created in your life, you're always going to live this way that even if you're free, you could slip up at any moment and go right back into that stuff because once you've done it, you've always been that way. Listen, they don't understand the concept that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I understand why they would say once an alcoholic always an alcoholic. Once an addict always an addict. Once dwelling, dwelling in sexual perversion, you're always dwelling in sexual perversion. But I'm thankful that Jesus has come down and provided a way that there would be no condemnation. He didn't make me better. He makes all things new. Anybody grateful today for the power of being free? To the point to where Paul is writing to the church at Rome, and he says in, in Romans 7, verse 15, look at this. I do not understand what I'm doing. Anybody ever been there? Why do I keep doing this? Because I do not practice what I want to do. But I do what I hate. Why do I keep doing this? Why am I continually focused on going to the very thing I know is killing me. Look at what he says. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law and that is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it. Look at the text. But it is sin living in me. So the question we have to answer this morning is, how did sin get in me? 
Well, the answer is iniquity. Not only did mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, great-grandma and grandpa, all the way back to Adam and Eve. Not only, look at, look at it. I talked about it in detail last week about, about why they failed because, because Lucifer told them that they could be like God because creation must always be accountable to a creator. And if you don't have a creator, then you don't have to be accountable. We dealt with all that last week. It's worth listening to um, if you want to go back. But watch this. What was a disobedient act of taking, partaking of a tree in one generation became murder in their children. So when I sin, it is multiplied in my children. What was a fruit disobedient chomp was Cain killing Abel in the next generation. Iniquity. It's iniquity. The word iniquity, it means literally to be twisted, to be bent. The, the word it literally means to be bent, to be twisted. That, that we live our life, when we come out of our mother's womb, we come out twisted. Isn't it interesting that usually you'll come down face down in a natural birth. You come face down, and as you're coming out, the doctor will twist you upright. Okay, it's in the natural, but in the spirit realm, he may turn us around, but we're not turned around. We're still twisted. We come out twisted. We, can't, we come out born bent in a direction. Hang with me. That's why David said in Psalm 51 verse 5, I was shapen in iniquity. The reason why I am twisted, the reason why I'm, in, I'm bent towards the things I'm bent towards is because I was shapen in iniquity. No wonder people who are not in the light say they were born this way. Because we were not born a certain way, we were born in iniquity. We were born bent and twisted towards something. Whether it's an addiction, whether it's a perversion, whether it's gossip, whether it's anxiety or depression or, or whatever the things there that, that labels are having today and they say that there's no hope for, there's only medication for, I'll teach you how to manage it. Listen, it doesn't matter what you were born twisted towards. It doesn't matter what you were born bent towards. Aren't you glad that when we come to Jesus, we get to be born again? Amen. We were born bent we were born twisted. And hear me, it's your choice to remain bent. It's your choice to remain twisted. Well, I, 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 hear, I, hear, I hear our culture screaming at me now. I hear our culture screaming at me today. Are you saying that you agree? I'm saying that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of the Lord. I'm saying that we all were shapen in our iniquity. And my bent away from God and your twist away from God may be a different bend or twist away from God, but it's still why he came to redeem us all. Here's why. To me, this is worth writing down. Because the Father loves you more than he hates your iniquity. 
He loves you more than he hates your twist. He, ha he loves you more than he hates your addiction. He loves you more than he hates your perversion. He loves you more than he hates whatever the bend is, whatever the twist is, whatever it is. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I'm not bent. Well, let me cut you off in traffic. I don't get it twisted. Let me ask your children. Because the right, excuse me, the wrong response at the wrong moment, and we'll find out how twisted you. Y'all so holy, you glow in the dark. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's find out. And you say to me today, Pastor, well, I, I don't have an iniquity. I don't have something that I'm bent towards. Then I submit to you, maybe it's pride. If you can't find the thing you're bent towards, either you're deceived or you're proud, which means you're deceived. We all have been shaped in iniquity. But it gets worse. Look, look at Job chapter 15, verse 5. Look at the text. Your iniquity, the thing you've been bent towards, the thing you're twisted by, it teaches you how to talk. So what we will do is we will defend our iniquity and compromise our intimacy because we would rather hold on to our iniquity because we don't want to look weak than to expose our iniquity so that we can walk with accountability so that we can eventually get to freedom. So our iniquity, tell me. You ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. You you know, teach, it teaches us our language. But look at the text. I love this. And you choose the language of the crafty. That's speaking of witchcraft. So you will almost create word curses to be able to protect your own twistedness. So your own mouth condemns you. It's not me condemning you. I'm not condemning you. Your mouth is condemning you. Have you ever let your kids just talk? Let me give you a practical example. You get pulled over by a police officer. Bloop, bloop. Roll down the window. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you know why I pulled you over? Now, I have to believe that you would not have pulled me over if you didn't know why you were pulling me over. Because if you don't know why you pulled me over, why you pulling me over? There's a reason I'm driving this fast. Because I'm trying to get somewhere. And now you pulled me over going, do you know why I pulled you over? Why? Because if you can talk, you'll create your own condemnation. Well, you saw that I didn't have my seatbelt on. Oh, yep, you're right. Oh, I was, I was driving too fast. Oh, yeah, you were right. Ossifer, I don't know why you pulled me over. <laughs> and with your own mouth, you created your condemnation. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Watch this. Because your own lips testify against you. I, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things when I was, when my kids were a little bit younger, Noah, Noah would come in 
And, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't love sweets. I love, I, I'd rather have more macaroni and cheese than cake. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is why I got fat problems. Y'all pray for me. Because just give me some more chicken. I don't want cake. I, give me more chicken. Hand me another leg. Hallelujah. But there are some things I will enjoy snacking on from time to time. And, and one of my favorites is Nutter Butter Cookies. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you got a peanut allergy, I'm praying. We're going to have a special song of deliverance for you right here. Because you're missing it with, with daggum Nutter Butters. Right? But, I, but Nutter Butters can't be open very long. Because they get stale. So, so you got to eat them at a certain time. So what I typically would do is I would hide my Nutter Butter. Listen, don't. If you buy me Nutter Butters, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Justin Sheely, do not buy me Nutter Butters. Do not buy me Nutter Butters. Don't let the devil use you. Okay? I'm not fishing for, for Nutter Butters. I, I came in and we had them in the pantry. And, 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 and I can't find my, my fresh bought new bag unopened Nutter Butters. And I start stomping through the house like, you know, a good godly man. My God, what's going on in here? Somebody call the police. We've been robbed. Listen, I have two people who live in my house I've never met. I don't know, and it wasn't me. They live in my house. They've lived in my house ever since I've had children. My wife gave birth to Noah and McKenna. Chisholm came along. And, and I don't know, and it doesn't mean I don't know where they came from. They've been in my house all my child life. I don't know. Who broke this? I don't know. Does anybody know why we don't have more toilet paper in the bathroom? It wasn't me. Both of them are always in trouble at my house. I can't wait to beat them one day. So I go looking for my nutter butters. My God, we've been robbed. Who's in it? And I go, and I go up the stairs to Noah's, to Noah's room, and I say, son, did you eat my nutter butters? Cheeks are full. Bag on the bed. Empty. I don't know. It wasn't me. So I punched him in the, f I'm just kidding. I just want to make sure you listen. I just want to make sure you listen. I'm being recorded. I would never admit to that. With his own jaws, he was condemned. Because, isn't it amazing? You don't have to teach your children to lie. We have to teach them to tell the truth. We don't have to teach our children to be selfish. We have to teach our children to share. Isn't it interesting? Why? Because as I know, I know they're perfect. I know they're beautiful. I know they is smart and they is kind and they is important. I know that they ain't nobody ever been born as beautiful as your baby. As alien-like as it looked when it came out. But it was perfection to you, beautiful to you. But hear me, there is something on the inside of them that came out of your womb on the inside of them while they were on the inside of you that you passed down to them and it was called twisted. And their twist teaches them how to talk. The downside with teaching your children how to say dada and mama is it is the foundation for lies 
and selfishness because you don't have to teach them that it came with them out of the womb called iniquity. No wonder we have a twisted world we live in. No wonder people are bent in this direction and bent in this direction and bent in this direction and bent towards going here and bent towards going here and bent towards loving this and bent towards loving that and bent towards loving that person and bent towards loving and, 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 and all the while started from within called iniquity. And now that I've exposed the problem Let's get to the antidote. We find it in Isaiah chapter 53. Surely he has borne our griefs. The grief of that iniquity, the grief of that bent, the grief that comes with it, he bore it. And he carried our sorrows. And we did esteem him as stricken. In other words, we were part of the swings that went on to him, smitten of God and afflicted. Watch verse 5. But he was wounded for my transgressions. Anybody grateful this morning that he was, what does it mean to be wounded? It means that somebody from the outside Cause something to happen on the outside of you. And that which was blood on the inside of you has now been opened so that the blood on the inside can flow to the outside. I want you to know today that the reason the blood of Jesus flowed is because he was wounded for your transgressions. He did it just so he can make sure that he took away every act of transgression that you would ever do. Every place you've ever walked, every place you've ever been, everything you've ever done, everything you've ever said everything that ever manifested on the outside of you when he was wounded when they pierced his hands when they pierced his feet when they pierced his side when they pierced his head I want you to know today when that blood flowed it flowed for the redemptive power of every transgressor and every transgression for all of the time is there anybody grateful today that he was wounded so that we could be free he was wounded for transgressions, but look at the text. He was bruised for our iniquity. Oh, what is a bruise? A bruise is bleeding on the inside. See, he was wounded on the outside. To make sure that whatever you did, wherever you go, whatever you chose to say, whatever you did to you on the outside, I want you to know he was wounded to take care of that so blood would get to it. But I thank him that he not only got wounded, he also got bruised so that the blood would flow on my inside. He would, he would flow to my mind. He would flow to my thoughts. He would flow to everything. He would flow to where I had my iniquity and I was bitter. He brought his blood to the inward things as well chastisement of peace laid upon him by his stripes I'm healed look at the text and all we like sheep have gone astray and everyone has turned to his own truth but watch this the Lord laid on him 
the of everybody. What are you saying to me, Pastor? I'm saying that Isaiah is telling us on behalf of God that there is not a bent that he can't unbend. That there is, oh God have mercy, that there's not a twist that he can't make straight. That there is no thing that you could ever go to. There's no thing that you could ever do. There's no addiction. There's no perversion. There's no bondage. There's no thing that can keep you bent, can keep you twisted, can keep you. He brought you to a place by the power of his blood to make sure that you had the power to walk untwisted and unbent. And though you were born one way by his blood, you and I get to be born again. This is a great moment for the redeemed to say so Jesus bled out for transgressions but he bled in for iniquity the iniquity of all of us every one of us he took the necessary punishment so that every person can be free from their bent That brings me to Isaiah 43, verse 25. Two verses this morning. The Lord says, I, even I, here it is, am the one who blots out your transgressions. Do you know what it means to be blotted? It means that he put something over top of what was already there that would ruin what was there so that you could never see it again. Oh, let me say it again. He, he took a liquid and he poured it on something that was already on the ledger and ruined you from ever being able to see what was already on the ledger ever again. Um, he took a liquid And poured it out over top of what was already there so that he would ruin what was already there and that you could never see it again. What am I saying? I'm saying to you that God poured out his blood and his blood blotted your iniquity so that it would be ruined and it could never be seen again. He ruined your sin with his blood. Y'all didn't hear what I said. With the blood of Jesus, he ruined sin. He ruined it. He ruined your twist. He ruined your bent so that you could never see it on your ledger again. The power of the blood of Jesus, it ruins the power of sin in your life. Look at what he says. And I will remember no more your sins. Oh, I love the word remember because it is a subject, but it has a prefix to it. I will remember your sins no more. In other words, they were 
pulled to part. They were broken into pieces. They were shattered and they scattered. And by my power, I will not remember them again. I will not allow them to be ever put back on your life. I'll never be able to allow them to be put back on your life. I will remember them no more. Now, I got to be honest with you today. Come on, give me a little more monitor, CJ. I feel my horse preach coming out on me here. Listen, what I love about Jesus, what I love about his power, what I love about the blood of Jesus, what I love about the redeeming power of Jesus is that when he poured out his blood, he absolutely obliterated the enemy for being able to use that against me again. I don't have to carry that sin. I don't have to carry that shame that he obliterates the power of sin with his blood. Is there anybody grateful that he remembers your sin no more? I will remember your sins no more. It blows my mind that a God who is omniscience, who knows everything, chooses to forget my things. It is amazing to me that a God who knows everything chooses to forget those things. The Bible says he casts them as far as the east is from the west. He puts them in the sea of forgetfulness to remember them no more. Aren't you glad that when he set me free, he set me free. He broke the sins and the chains of bondage for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. I'm going old school. Glory to God. He set me free. Aren't you glad to know today that when he set me free, he didn't keep the book. When he set me free, he didn't put it on the back shelf or a plan B just in case I got a little bit frisky. I thank him that his mercy is new every morning and when it comes to me, he remembers my sins no more. How a God who knows everything can forget all my bad things makes him God to me. Because there's times my wife won't let me forget. There's times I can't let my mirror forget. There's times my friends won't let me forget. There's times that my enemies won't let me forget. There's times people from my childhood won't let me forget. But I'm so glad to know that when he washed me, he washed me clean and then threw out the dirty water. I'm so grateful today that his blood ruined my sin. I'm so grateful. He remembered them. No more. Somebody just slip up their hands and thank God that your sin has been ruined <laughs> by his blood. Oh, thank him today that your sin has been ruined by his blood. So what do I do? What do I do? Verse 26. What do I do? Look at what God says through the prophet Isaiah. I blotted out your transgressions. I'm going to remember your sins no more. Look at verse 26. Now put me in remembrance. Don't leave a piece of me over here and a piece of me over here and a piece of me at that camp and a piece of me at that conference, and a piece of me at that season of your life when everything was good. And 
don't put me in pieces. If I'm not bringing the pieces of your sin back together, then you ought to not leave me broken apart in your life. Put me back in my place. Am I God? And if I'm God, then put me in my place. Oh, where's his place? On the throne of our life. If he's the only one that can ruin my sin, if he's the only one that can choose to forget my sins, then he ought to be the only one that can be seated on the throne of my life. Put me back in my place. And then says something that is going to be really hard. You ready? If you'll put me back in place as Lord, then let us contend together. Hold up. We want Jesus to pay it all and Jesus to do it all. But that's not what he said. He said, you and I have got to contend together. It's not you fighting me and me fighting you. It's us fighting together for your victory. Uh, listen, I, I know, I, I know. I know in the sloppy grace culture that we have in the church today where we think Jesus should do everything and we should just receive. There are some things you are going to have to do in order to be in unified contending with God. I just want Jesus to help me lose weight. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. As I sit in front of this buffet, follow up, blah, 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 shut up, blah, 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 blah. The Lord is good, the Lord is good, the Lord is good, the Lord is good. Come on. He'll help you lose weight. But you got to rebuke the spirit of Wendy's. And if you can't rebuke the spirit of Wendy's, at least get the strawberry summer salad. <laughs> oh, snap. Listen, I'm preaching to myself right now. Don't be deceived. I'm, I just want the Lord to help me with my finances. You want the Lord to help you with your finances? So we come down, I let, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, and you out there shopping with your credit card. We have to contend together. The Lord is saying, if you'll do your part, I'll do mine. That's why at the pool of Bethesda, he looked at the lame man laying in the bed and said, hey, I'm going to heal you, but take up your bed and walk. In other words, I need you to have a corresponding action with your faith that you believe me, so act like I'm going to do it, but go ahead and act like I'm doing it. I just don't know if that's scriptural. Faith without works is In other words, 
I must have a corresponding action with what I'm believing God for. If God is going to bring me the miracle, I have to start walking like I'm headed towards it every day. I have to act like he's going to bring a miracle in my body. He's going to bring a miracle in my money. He's going to bring a miracle in my finances. He's going to bring a miracle in my mind. He's going to bring me a miracle in my... Listen, we have to act like we're walking towards the miracle. Not laying in our mess, waiting on him to bail us out. Here's what I've learned. Most people that are dealing with addictions or perversions or those types of iniquities, that type of twisting, it's not that they, they can't be free from it. Most often, the reason they can't be free is because they're not willing to sacrifice the relationships that those twists are connected to. I am preaching in this place this morning. It's not that we can't be free. It's not that we don't want to be free. But you can't tell me God's going to give me my purity and you want me to break up? You, you want, you're going to restore my purity. But you want me to move out to get it? Well, he might leave me. She might leave me. You might be free. This is not in my notes, but this is straight Holy Ghost right here. I'm helping somebody today. Well, you don't understand. You don't understand. I, I don't need to understand. I'm telling you, if you'll start walking towards your miracle, you're going to stumble into your miracle. Let us contend together. How many of you ever felt like you were in a season where you were fighting God? Well, why are you fighting God? Because nobody loves you like him. While you were shaping in iniquity, he died. Because he would rather die down here than live without you up there. He is the ultimate one with the best interest for your life at heart. So we resist him. Here's why. Because he's going to require me to contend with what he thinks about my situation. Put me in place. Fight in unity with God. And then number three, right there. This is going to be a tough one. You ready? State your case. Here we go. State your case. Sins will never be forgiven if they go unconfessed. He cannot deal with the iniquity if you're running around pretending that the iniquity doesn't exist. Only confessed sins can be forgiven sins. And we don't want to be weak. I put my stuff out on blast. Well, you act like he doesn't see you in the middle of the night. You, you turn the lights off and nobody can see you, but you don't think God can see through the dark? You never would have been found if he couldn't see through the dark. 
state your case. See, they put us in a courtroom. And that's when I have to come in and go, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Not so help me, God, because God's going to help you if you'll just tell the truth. It is amazing to me how many times we see people walking like this, telling us how straight they are. And the only reason we can see it is because we've been there too. Oh, I'm straight. How many times you heard, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm straight. I'm straight. Are you? You straight? You really? Praise the Lord, brother. I'm straight. It's all good. It's all good. And you look like a pretzel. And this is about as far as I can go when I pull something. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. You like this? State your case. Hear me. How do I state my case? Number one, I have to acknowledge that there's sin, there's iniquity, there's transgression. For with confession, salvation is made known. I must acknowledge for me to state my case, I must acknowledge, and then I have to ask, Jesus, forgive me. Pastor, he knows my heart. Listen, he knows your heart. He knows your iniquity. He knows it all. He said, but ask, and you will receive. I must acknowledge my sin, my transgression, my iniquity. Then I must ask him. Because, see, when I ask, I must be submitted. In other words, I can't fix this. So I'm going to one who can. And when I have acknowledged, and when I ask, this is the hardest one for most of us, then I must accept it. Father, today I just receive your blood over the ledger of my life. I accept it. I accept the fact that you said I can be free. I don't believe it, but I accept it. I'm not sure it's all going to work out, but I accept it today. I accept that you're going to work it all together for my good. I accept that your blood is enough to wash away every condemnation, to wash away every one of the, that your blood has the ability to ruin sin in my life. Today, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you can do it. Today, I just accept that you're the God who can do the impossible in me in spite of how bent in the iniquity I was in. Watch this, number four. Then I have to adjust. You can't accept it and not walk around like the old one's still living. If I accept one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is when Jesus was being baptized, the Father thunders down, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Do you remember that? And then the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a Do you know how careful you have to walk if there's a dove on your shoulder? 
Otherwise, the dove will get freaked out and fly away. Thanks be unto God, the power of the Spirit will allow the dove not to rest on us, but rest in us. But until that moment, when I am saved, the dove will descend and sit on my shoulder. Now I have to adjust the way I walk because I don't want the dove to fly away. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I don't want the dove. I don't want the Holy Spirit to not be able to go where I'm going. I don't want the Holy Spirit not to be able to have the conversation. I'm, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I, I, don't want the, I don't want the dove to get out of here. So I adjust the way I walk for the sake of the dove. Oh, that's a sermon all by itself. I got to be careful how I walk because I don't want the dove to fly away. I don't want the dove to not go where I'm going. I don't want the dove to not watch what I'm watching. I don't want the dove to not hear what I'm... I need the dove. I have to adjust my walk for the sake of the dove. And if I will acknowledge and I will ask and I will accept... And then I will adjust. Look at the text. I will be acquitted. Ooh, I'm about to get happy right here. I'm going to be acquitted. Listen, it doesn't mean I'm not guilty. It means case dismissed. In other words, I am guilty. It was me. I did it all. It was on the inside of me, and I don't know why, but he became a lawyer in the courtroom for me, and somewhere his blood came in and said, case dismissed. It's dismissed. Never to be brought up again. No more shame. No more guilt. No more bondage. No more shame. I've been acquitted. The glove didn't fit, so I must be acquitted. Somebody ought to give him praise right there for that. <laughs> oh stand with me all over the room let somebody who's redeemed just give him praise right there for being acquitted in light of that I have to read Micah 7 18 who is a God like you. Anybody feel that way this morning? Ain't nobody like Jesus. Besides him, there is no other. Ain't no God like you. That's country folk talk right there. Ain't no God like our God. Anybody feel that way today? Look at this. Removing iniquity, passing over rebellion for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not hold back on his anger forever, but delights in faithful love. He will have again have compassion on us, watch this, and vanquish our iniquities and cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Anybody grateful that God can deal with our iniquities? It doesn't matter how you were born. Once you've been born again. Let me say it again. For every addicted person, for every person bound in sexual perversion, for every person that's in the captive landmines of their own mind, today I want you to know that if you're born again, you have been made free by the power of the blood of Jesus. He ruins sin. So in light of that this morning, 
Let me just finish this message with Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Watch this. When I kept silent, but when I didn't make confession, my bones grew old through my groanings all day and long and night. And your hand was heavy on me and vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Because when you don't make confession, there's a weightiness, there's a heaviness you have to live in. But watch verse 8. Here it is. You ready? Excuse me, 5. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin for this cause everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time that you may be found surely in a great flood of great waters they shall not come near him you are my hiding place you shall preserve me from trouble you shall surround me uh oh with songs of deliverance I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go I will guide you with my eye do not be like the horse or like the mule which have no understanding which must be harnessed with bit and bridle else they will not come near you many sorrows shall be to the wicked but he who trusts in the Lord mercy shall surround him be glad in the Lord and rejoice you righteous shout for joy all the upright in heart let the redeemed say so this morning let the redeemed of the Lord say so this morning There is no bondage that the blood of Jesus can't break out of. There is no chain that can remain linked that the blood of Jesus cannot absolutely like acid remove. There is no sin, there is no failure, there is no iniquity. I don't care if it's outward manifestations or an inward sin nature on the inside of you. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough to ruin the curse of sin over your life. Ruin it. Oh, God, have mercy. Can, can I just say this the way I just really want? It's my 11 o'clock service. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm just going to say it, and y'all just pray for whoever who needs to hear it. If you have a problem with what I'm about to say, email me at don'tgiverip at judachurch.org. Okay? Email me. Over the last six months, I get an email every three days about becoming trans-friendly, 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 trans-friendly. If, if you become trans-friendly, put, we'll put you on a list. And if you don't become trans-friendly, we're going to put you on another list. So we'll celebrate you or we'll target you. Your choice is yours. About every three days I get it at the church. Trans-friendly, trans-friendly, trans. And, and, and I, I stop every time I get the email and I pray, God, whoever is bound... I know that your blood has the power to set free. And then he said to me, he said to me, he said, this was, this was yesterday. 
because I carry, I carry it. I carry it sometimes. Because like, I ought to say we're trans friendly just to get them in the room to have an encounter. Okay? All right, sorry. Pray for me. That's how I feel. And the Lord said to me yesterday, because I carry it. I carry it. Late last night, I'm in late in bed. He said, son, you are trans friendly, aren't you? I said, I am if you are. He said, is the church driven towards trans? I said, we are if you want us to be. He said, how about transformation? Don't matter how you come in. It's transformation friendly. Okay, wait a minute. How about transition friendly? In other words, it don't matter what you walk in here with. If it's not a him, it can stay here, washed in his blood, and you don't have to carry it home with you anymore. We believe in transformation. Here. It doesn't matter the bent. His, his blood has the power to straighten. Oh, Pastor, I don't know if I agree with that. Let me show you. Everybody who's been transformed by his blood, give God a praise right here.
give him praise right there. Somebody give him praise right there. Ancestors, my prayer team, elders, move forward. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Heads about, eyes are closed. Heads about, eyes are closed. There's a song of deliverance being sung over you today. I didn't know you would be here. There's a song of deliverance. I didn't know you'd be watching today. I didn't know you'd be listening to this radio broadcast today, but there is a song of deliverance that's being sung for you. Ah, because he loves you more than he hates your iniquity. He loves you more than he hates your iniquity. He loves you more than he hates your sin. Today he's coming to straighten something. Love is pursuing you. And there's not a shadow he won't light up. He's coming after you. But he can't forgive what remains hidden. Today's the day. Today's the day. I must acknowledge that I'm twisted. I got to acknowledge that I'm bent. There's no condemnation. If you're feeling condemnation, that's not God. That's your enemy trying to keep you locked. The Bible says that the Spirit is a convictor, but He is not a condemner. What you may be feeling is the conviction, love, power of God. And if you're feeling shame and condemnation, that's not God, that's the enemy trying to keep you in prison. Today's the day. There's a song of deliverance that's been being sung over you all day while, be, while you are laying in bed. God already started singing this moment over you. Today's the day. I'm not talking about feeling better. I'm not talking about being made better. I'm talking about being made new. Pastor, I don't know if he can do it for me. Let me prove it to you. If he's made somebody new in this room, give him a praise. But you don't understand. Yes, I do. I understand that the blood of Jesus is more powerful than anything you could have ever done. And the fact that you're standing in his house is an indicator. You know that too. Today's the day. Ooh, somebody's about to get delivered. I need prayer warriors to pray right here. Somebody's about to walk in deliverance. Somebody came in here twisted and it is about to get straightened out today. Well, Pastor, I'm already saved. I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm questioning your freedom. God is calling you out of the prison cell today. Today's the day. Today's the day. It's the day. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. 
I must acknowledge my iniquity. I must acknowledge my sin. I must acknowledge my transgression so that it can be forgiven. So that I can be made free and acquitted. You're in this room this morning. Watch it online. I want you to make a move. You're in this room. I want you to come to this front meet one of my prayer members, my prayer team members, my intercessors, my elders. We're going to pray for you online. I want you, if you're laying in bed, get up. If you're sitting on the couch, get up. If you're standing up already, get on your knees. I want you to make a move. I want you to make a shift to let the Lord know that you have action going towards your miracle right here. If you're in this room this morning and you're ready for freedom, there's a deliverance that you know needs to be your portion. Get out of your seat right now and meet me in this front. Come on. Meet me in this front. Come on. Don't wonder what anybody else is going to say, think, or do. That's condemnation. That's shame stuff. Come on. Come on. Every prayer team, every prayer warrior, every man or woman of faith right now, help me create an atmosphere for deliverance in this room. Come on. All over this room. Come on. Move. 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 Move.
and no guilt, no shame, no shame. Oh, all my sins erased. Say no guilt, no guilt, no shame, no shame. All my, all my sins erased. One more time. Say no guilt, no guilt, Ooh, no shame, no shame. Oh. verse 9 don't be like a horse or mule they're beasts of burdens they were designed to carry burdens don't be like a burden carrier who walk around going I don't understand why I'm dealing with this I don't understand why I'm carrying this I don't understand why I'm going this way I don't understand I don't understand they have no understanding And in order for them to walk where they're supposed to go, they have to be bridled with their mouth. The Lord says, don't make me drag you close to me. I want to set you free. See, the enemy comes in and he wants to chain your extremities. 
your hands and your feet, your extremities. He wants you to be bound in your extremes. And God says, if I'm going to bind anything, it's going to be your mouth. But I don't even want to bind your mouth. I want you to let me set you free and you run right near me. Today, not only is he, just listen to the orchestration of the Spirit. He's not just trying to deliver giants, you from giants. Not trying to just deliver you from mountains. Not trying just to deliver you from sins and iniquities. He's trying to break everything that keeps you from running full freedom and strength. And I heard the Holy Spirit. He didn't say this to me in the first service, so I have to believe it's right here. There is a deliverance that God is wanting to do in some very natural areas. That's what I heard the Lord say. If you're needing breakthrough in any area of your life, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. I feel the Holy Spirit. If it's a breakthrough in your finances, if it's a breakthrough in your health, if it's a breakthrough in relationship, if it's a breakthrough and you're, you're a business owner and you're trying to get a breakthrough with a client situation. I don't know what the area is, but if you're needing breakthrough, thank you, Holy Spirit, if your children are needing breakthrough, I want you to meet me in this front and give me a minute to come by and lay my hands on you, not because there's anything in me. If you've been around me at all, you know there's very few times I ever lay my hands on people because I don't want you to ever think I'm just being Jesus. Holy Spirit has to tell me to do it. Today's deliverance day for somebody. Today's deliverance day for somebody. If you need me to put a mask on, I'll put a mask on because I want you delivered that much. I got no problem. I will walk by very quickly, very gently, and just put my hand on your head. I promise you, ain't nobody pushing you. If you fall, it's the Holy Ghost. Because I don't want you to have an emotional experience that doesn't change anything. But I believe deliverance is your day. It's your day. Today's the day for divine deliverance. For divine deliverance. Divine deliverance. deliverance. Lee, come help me. Today's the day for divine deliverance. Slip up those hands right where you are. Slip up those hands right where you are. I want you to name that mountain. I want you to name that issue. I want you to name that thing. Come on, we're going to articulate it right here. Come on, put a name on it because we're going to put a name above it here in just a second. Hallelujah. Come on, right here in the name of Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to put that name in this atmosphere. If it's finances, say finances. If it's personal, say personal. If it's relational, whatever it is, I want you to put a name. If it's physical, 
whatever it is, I want you to put a name on that issue right here in the name of Jesus. And I believe, I believe that heaven is about to invade the earth of your situation. I believe it. I believe it. Today's deliverance day. You ready? One, two, three. Come on, put it in this atmosphere right here. Now open up those hands and say, Lord, I receive it right here. I receive my deliverance. Whoa, I just served eviction notice on the enemy for somebody right there in that moment. Oh, like milk, he just put an expiration date. Today's the day. August the 15th, he is making, he is spoiling the work of the enemy in a situation right here. Minister Vince, come on, come on. I'm so glad you're here. Is this sermon series not amazing? Amen. And I'm thankful for this series. This has opened my eyes to a lot of things. Amen. And maybe you're watching today. Maybe you have your eyes open. Maybe the eyes of your heart are open. You see that there's some room there that needs to be filled. Maybe you try to fill it with all the things of this world. You're making unwise choices, trying to fill up that space, that empty hollow space inside of you, when the only thing that can truly fill it is Jesus. If that's you today, if you felt a tug on your heart during the worship time or during the message, or if you're feeling it right now, we want to make sure before we leave today, we give you that opportunity. That's the number one goal is to build the kingdom by winning souls. So right now, wherever you are today, if that's you, I'm going to say a prayer. You repeat after me and just believe it in your heart. And that's all it takes to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So right where you are, living room, uh, riding in your car, wherever it is, just take a minute where you can and bow your head 
and say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've done wrong. Help me to be the person that you created me to be. I accept you as my Savior. I believe you came. I believe you've lived. And I believe you died for me. And I believe that you were rose again on the third day for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my Lord. Help me to walk in the way that you have for me. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You're part of the family. And we want to connect with you. We want to connect, with, uh, connect you to the body of Christ. The next thing you need to do is just drop us a comment right down below this video or send us a message, info at judachurch.org. And just let us know. Just say, I gave my life to Christ today uh, during the online service. And if you do that, we're just going to reach out and connect with you and help you to get started off on the right foot on this new walk as a believer. I also want to take an opportunity to remind you, if you are in the beloved, if you've read the scriptures and you know the importance of giving, our tithing and giving, I just want to encourage you, don't forget, go ahead and do it while you think of it. You can mail or you can pay your tithes by text to give. You can also pay by the app. If you've read the scriptures, if you're in the blood, then you know the blessing that it will be. So I just continue just to keep on keeping on in your tithing. Do it when it doesn't make sense. Be faithful in that and he will be faithful back to you. Hey Judah, if you've been coming for a while or been watching us online and want to get connected or learn more about our vision, Growth Track is your next step. Our four-week classes, they happen at 9.15 a.m. during our first worship service. For more information, visit our Judah Church app or to sign up as well. We're excited to see you there. Hey, Judah fam! We are calling all musicians and vocalists. If you're interested in being a part of the worship team, we are holding auditions on Saturday, August the 21st from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Listen, if you have talent, ability, and anointing, this is the place for you. Reach out to us at info at judachurch.org. We can't wait to see you. Hey family, I am so excited about Sunday, September the 5th. We are having one service, we're calling it One Service Sunday. That's the Sunday of Labor Day. It is gonna be an amazing time, not nine o'clock, not the 11 o'clock, but at 10 a.m. We're gonna to join together, we're gonna to pack into this place and we're gonna have an amazing worship encounter with the Lord. Our overflow in the meeting room will be open, the tribe area will be open for overflow if we're just packed out like I suspect we're gonna be. What I'm so excited about is us being together and then after service, staying together and eating together. We're gonna to have food trucks, we're gonna have ice cream trucks, there are gonna be inflatables everywhere for the kids. All the rooms upstairs and all over the campus are gonna be open for you to kind of snoop around and see what's going on, all the renovations that we've made, incredible things that have been happening here at Judah. Listen, if money's a little tight and you can't do the food truck thing, some of the men of our church are gonna fire up the grill. We're gonna do some hamburgers and hot dogs and have popcorn available that'll be free of charge. You won't have to worry about the fee. But, but there's just an opportunity for all of us to get together, be together, eat together, fellowship together, and learn one another. I want you to join with me one service Sunday, September the 5th, starting at 10 a.m. 
and then staying and eating with us and letting our kids have fun. I've got a little surprise I've got for you um, at the end of that service that's going into the food and the fellowship time. Uh, I'll talk to you more about that later on, but it's going to be an incredible day. Invite your family, invite your friends, but most of all, I want you to be in here with me as well. Can't wait to see you. September 5th It's going to be awesome. today we just want to remind you the blessing of the house that sits upon you as a part of this house and it's Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 11 I'm just gonna pray that over you right now as we go into this next week may the Lord the God of your fathers make you a thousand times more than what you are and fulfill every single promise that he's given you so great to have you with us we love you and we'll see you next week bye family <laughs>